Welcome to the Sports and Entertainment Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Pat O'Connor, President and CEO of Minor League Baseball, joins us today to talk about how he has embraced and pushed for diversity and inclusion within the league in hopes of having the organization better reflect the communities it serves. How you doing, Pat? Good, Elmer. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be with you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. We appreciate your time, Pat. So can we start at the beginning? Can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with minor league baseball? Well, Elmer, I, I started probably as organically as you can in this business. I started as an intern in 1981 for the uh, Los Angeles and Vero Beach Dodgers in Dodger Town in Vero Beach, Florida. Um, it was an internship out of a grad school program at Ohio University. And uh, from that, I was uh, fortunate enough to get a job uh, running a Sally League club for one year in Greenwood, South Carolina. Uh, and then just kind of progressed through the ranks um, as an executive, three years in Texas um, as an assistant general manager to a double-A club. Uh, I got out of baseball um, in 85 for about 14, 15 months and worked the college game. Um, didn't particularly suit me well, and I didn't suit it very well. So I got back into baseball in November of 86 by going to Florida as the director of Florida operations and the class A Florida State League general manager of a team for the Astros. And I held that job for about six and a half years. And I was recruited by the then president of minor league baseball uh, to come work in the central office, uh, which I did in May of 1993 uh, as chief operating officer for then president Mike Moore. Uh, I served as Mike's chief operating officer for 15 years. Uh, when Mike decided to retire at the end of his fourth term and at the end of 2007, uh, I was elected president, the 11th president of Meyer League Baseball in 2007, uh, re-elected in 2011, uh, and then elected, re-elected to a third term in 2015. So I'm in the third year of my third term, uh, 11 years as Meyer League Baseball president, and uh, it's been a heck of a run. It's hard to believe that... Uh, you know, been in this business 37 years, uh, but it's it's been a very rewarding uh, ride. Well, first of all, Pat, congratulations on your storied career. I, I think it's it's super interesting to see that you started off so organically in this industry, and it it honestly leads me right into my first question, which is, you know, since you've been in this industry, what are some of the bigger changes or, or, or some of the evolution you've seen in this industry? Well, I, I mean, our, our operations now are are really sophisticated in number. Uh, in skill, um, you know, the business has changed dramatically from 1981 uh, to when I came to the central office in 93 and the last 25 years in this office have just seen, you know, almost uh, unbelievable change uh, for the good. I think there are three or four areas that you could focus on in the evolution of minor league baseball to what it is today. Um, the first being um, the facility standards of the early 90s put us uh, put our ball clubs in a position to have to you know uh, create, maintain, and and play in state of the art facilities. Um, uh, that was probably one of the biggest drivers that allowed us to um, create uh, venues that became attractive to to fans. Uh, it certainly satisfied the needs of our partner at Major League, Debe uh, Major League Baseball for the development of their players. 
Uh, with that change came uh, an increasing in staff and the sophistication, an increase in franchise value, uh, which led to more sophistication in the business operations. Um, I think uh, technology, uh, the internet, uh, our ability to um, use the internet for fan engagement, uh, as well as the utilitarian needs of stats and, and different things like that, uh, it has allowed us to uh, to continue to grow. Uh, and then, you know, I, I think that uh, as, you know, the cumulative effect of, of those two, and especially the technology, uh, has allowed us to just go to heights that, you know, in 1993 when I joined this organization, uh, I would have never imagined. Um, and now when I sit here in, in 2018, um, you know, looking uh, looking back on from where we came seems like the dinosaur age compared to what's in front of us and what we can look into in the next five to ten years. Uh, and I think that's all technology driven. Uh, our business model is uh, much more sophisticated. Um, you know, just put some perspective on it. When I came to Meyer League Baseball in 1993, the central office, our gross revenues organization wide were about $265 million. They should surpass $1 billion this year. So we're almost fourfold, three and a half fold on gross revenues, uh, franchise values. Uh, if you would have told me 10 years ago uh, that we were going to sell franchises for an excess of $30 million, I would have struggled to, to grasp that. Uh, we do it with some regularity now. Um, uh, we are able to cash flow and EBITDA uh, respectable numbers. So when uh, sophisticated investors come to the market and want to invest in minor league baseball, they are able to recognize an ROI that, you know, is competitive with other ways to place their money other places. And I can assure you that there is no other investment that's more enjoyable and fun for them uh, than investing in a minor league baseball team. Right, right. So I want to go back a little bit to what you were saying about tech. Can you give me maybe a specific example of how tech has been a big catalyst for the MILB? Well, uh, one of the things that we did 10 years ago, going on 11 years ago, is we created a subsidiary company. It's called Burco, B-I-R-C-O, and it's the baseball internet rights company. And we have bundled all of our internet rights of all 160 clubs uh, in a fashion that allows us to go out as one unit and deal with the marketplace. Uh, our back of the house partner and, and primary uh, proponent of our, of our program it happens to be Major League Baseball Advanced Media. Uh, it makes a lot of sense for two organizations in the same business on the same side of the same business uh, to, to collaborate, and that's what we've done. Uh, it's enabled us to uh, create, you know, websites and communication uh, platforms. Um, to compete in in the digital space today, uh, and it's just changed the way you know we we go about doing business. It's changed the way we market. It's changed the way we broadcast and telecast. Uh, it's changed the way we communicate. Uh, and, and you know we are not unlike many other companies in, in the world today who are dealing with this tech age uh, and the digital space. Um, so, you know, we think that there is a lot of growth potential for us, a lot of opportunity. We're extremely focused on content now. Uh, we've created the platforms. We've gone to respo responsive sites with all 160 of our teams, which gives us greater flexibility at the local level to tailor our websites to our needs and our fans. 
Uh, and now our big push over the next one, two, three years is going to be content aggregation development and distribution. Um, and it's a, it's competition. The, the digital space is incredible. Competition for uh, viewers' time is is also incredible, extremely intense. So we feel it's important that we upgrade uh, upgrade our content uh, with a full blown content strategy uh, and a go to market plan uh, internally and externally. So Pat, in regard to content and communication. How has social media changed the way you've at least perceived fan engagement or has it affected the, the level of engagement you've seen? Well, I don't think there's any question. It's, it's affected the way we go about it and it's, it's affected the frequency and the immediacy of that contact. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it enables us to push out uh, through primary sources with the possibility of, of redistribution, retweets, have you, will have you. Um, you know, and, and get messages out quickly, uh, more directly, uh, and most importantly, Elmer, in in a fashion that uh, the viewing, attend, game attending, fan engaged public is communicating to them, and that's been a huge change. You know, um, and and you know, it's it's a space that uh, you know we work every day at at being better at, being more relevant, uh, being more effective. Uh, and being more popular. So expanding on that, Pat, can you tell us a little bit about your field program and about your Copa de la Diversión program? Yeah, our Copa de, de la Diversión is a is a uh, a Latinx-based program. You know, and, and field is also, you know, one of my major platforms in the last three or four years, Elmer, has been diversity and inclusion. Uh, and, and primarily, there are three areas to that platform that are important. One, um, the one and two, I, I recognize, and I don't dismiss, but it's really not the reason uh, I think it's important for us. The one is is that it's 2018 and the greatest country in the world, and, and everybody ought to have equal access to anything that they want to do. We know that's not the case, so part of our platform is to, to open doors for uh, men, women of color, uh, people of varying sexual orientations, just whatever this country is made up of, uh, in those groups, give them access to to work in this game if they want to, attend these games and feel comfortable doing so if that's their. Point. The second is is that, you know, I just believe uh, in my faith that we should treat everybody the same, treat everybody well, uh, love one another as you'd love, you know, want to be loved, and and so that's a moral obligation. I think we have to be inclusive. The third and primary focus for me as the CEO of this company is the business model. And when you look at minor league baseball markets, 160 and, and uh, affiliated uh, leagues, uh, we today have 40 markets that play uh, in markets where the population base uh, is 50% greater non-white. Um, and so that's a telling stat of what our communities are looking like and the, tr you know, the trend uh, that this country is headed to. Statistics will tell you that by you know, somewhere between 2045 and 2050, uh, there will be more people of color in this country than white. Um, half the babies born every year, one or both parents are of color. So that kind of sets the stage for what we're going to look like as a country. Uh, for us to, to be relevant and to successfully engage with the majority of our communities, I think it's very important that from the inside out, we look just like that community. So when that community looks at our ball club, they see themselves. 
They see proportionate representation of every demographic in that marketplace. That will one, allow us to one, be representative, but two, engage 100% of the marketplace in an effective way. Uh, we can, you know, we will look like they look, we will speak like they speak, and we will do the things that they do from the inside out. And I think that that will add to relevancy, and it will also add, uh, add to our effectiveness in dealing with those markets. So Coppola de, de la Diversión is a recognition of the Latin heritage in our marketplaces and, and really just making it special and in, and in an inclusive way. Uh, and it's been wildly successful. Uh, the numbers are, you know, 200% plus increases in incremental revenue and attendance. Uh, some clubs have scheduled as many as five, six, ten dates, uh, met annual, you know, objectives and goals in half those dates. Uh, so it's been wildly successful, and I think it is uh, it is a validation and indicative of our belief um, that the minority markets are one untapped and two unrecognized, uh, which you know heretofore has probably been our fault, not theirs. Uh, the field program is an opportunity for men and women of color and varying sexual orientations to learn about baseball. We we contact local, uh, I mean we we contact nationwide. Um, sports management programs, college degree programs, and find people who are interested in a career in sport, preferably baseball, uh, and, and bringing them to one site. And this past year, we were at historic Dodger Town in Vero Beach, Florida. What better way and what better place to talk about diver uh, diversity and inclusion than the place that Jackie Robinson trained? Uh, and it was a great experience for uh, 32, 34 kids, uh, young people young men and women. Uh, FIELD stands for Fostering Inclusion uh, Through Education and Leadership Development. Um, and, and that's what we try to do. It's not only a crash course on what minor league baseball is or isn't, uh, but it's also a, a, an opportunity for these young people to interact with sport professionals. And, and I'm really interested in advancing their entree into sport and I would sure like them to come into baseball because I think it's one of the greatest team sport and minor league baseball is a great place to make a living and have a career. Right. So with this, you know, the platform on, on diversity and inclusion, Pat, have you, ha has the league had to adapt or rebrand in any meaningful way? No, I don't think you read, you know, I, I think that, that Elmer, the most of it is an educational process. You know, I, I've spent much of the, you know, uh, last four or five, six years on a, on, on a speaking tour. We have a, a college campus speaking tour. I go out and speak. And, you know, by and large, the reaction is, is we didn't know this opportunity existed. We weren't aware of the breadth of minor league baseball, the breadth of sport. We always figured if you couldn't play, sports weren't for you. And, and so we really haven't rebranded as much as we have exposed. Um, you know, I think, I think, in sport today, to be relevant, and I've used that term several times already, to me, the biggest threat uh, to our sport and to minor league baseball is losing relevancy in the markets that we call home. Um, so, you know, if you want to maintain your relevancy, you reinvent yourself all the time. You rebrand yourself, you know, occasionally. Um, and so, you know, we've had some of that over time, but I think more than anything, you know, the core and grassroots uh, feature of minor league baseball has basically been unchanged. We're on about a 30, 35 year run of really entrenching ourselves in communities, being a part of that community, catering to the, to the, you know, 
needs of that community from an entertainment, social, communal aspect. And so, you know, from that perspective, um, I don't think we have to rebrand. Uh, but what we have to do is is to continue to tinker with our messaging uh, and our methods of delivering messaging um, to, to maintain relevancy. Right, right. So, Pat, I'm wondering, since you've put these, you know, tenants in your public platform, has there been any any moment that you've specifically looked at and, and, and thought, wow, this is this is what needs to be done. We're doing the right thing here by promoting diversity and inclusivity. Is there is there any any reaffirming moment you've had? Well, I, I, you know, whether I feel good about it is is probably secondary, Elmer. I think that in my heart and in my head, I'm convinced this is the right thing to do. Um, and, it, 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 you know, if you know me, you know that regardless of the results, it's not going to happen as quickly as I would like. Uh, and, and so you know, from that perspective, um, it, it gets a little frustrating, but I understand, one, my membership, uh, two, you know, there is a saying about baseball that making a change in baseball is like turning a battleship around in a bathtub. It's slow. Sometimes it's painful. Um, and, and another thing that, that is, a, is a factor, and I don't buy it as an excuse, uh, is we're not working with a broken model, Elmer. I, I mean, we're, we're doing very well right now. And so, you know, it's important for my ownership and my leadership to understand that the problem that is a result of a lack of diversity and inclusion is not necessarily a problem today. But in the next three, five, 10 years, the next generation of owners and executives, it will be a monumental problem if we don't start the process and address it now. Uh, so that sometimes uh, takes a while, takes a convincing uh, message, takes a persistent message. And that's what they've been getting from me. I think as the CEO of this company, you know, today and tomorrow are important. Uh, but what is critically important, uh, either for legacy, if you're into that, or the future of this organization is how are we going to deal with the next three, five, 10 years? And um, not dealing with diversity and inclusion in a meaningful way would mean that I wasn't doing my job and we are not going to be the best organization we can be in three to five or 10 years. Of course, of course, right? And I think, you know, you, you make a good point by mentioning it, but I think the fact that you're doing this now before something needs to be fixed, quote unquote, or or before something is broken, shows a level of, of genuineness and, and intimacy with, with your audience. Right? Well, I appreciate that. And, and it is genuine. And as I said, I, I'm convinced with my heart and my head that this is the right thing to do for a number of reasons. And I kind of pointed to them earlier. Um, and, and I've had people say, you know, why are you doing it? You know, why, why are you pushing this agenda? And well, if the CEO of the company who's charged with, you know, not only maintaining the company's value and, and operations today, but securing its future doesn't do it, then who, who's going to do it? Uh, and then you face the question of, look, we're not broke. Why are you doing this now? Well, if not now, when? And I can tell you, I mean, in 2012, uh, the wake-up call for me was when I, I read an article, and at the time it said by 2042, and they've since adjusted it a little bit, by 2042, more people in this country will be of color than white. And I got into baseball in 1991, or I'm, excuse me, 1981. And, two, and that was 30 years ago. I had been in baseball 30 years at that time. And, and in 2012, obviously, 2042 was 30 years away. 
And it just real. I realized if the next 30 years go as quickly uh, as the last 30 years have gone, uh, then we need to get busy. We need to get after this and we need to make this a priority because I, I you know, I think I know my organization well enough to know uh, that the success of here and now is important um, and, you know, return and, and performance, economic, social and, and otherwise is important. Um, and they've, you know, not working in a broken system just did not make it a priority. And I married very distinctly someone asking me one time, you know, what makes you think your people will respond to this message? And, and you know, quite honestly, I just said, because I'm going to keep talking to them until they do. And that's what we've done. Uh, we, we continue to present solid business case. Um, you know, two words that you will not hear um, in, in our diversity initiative and our inclusion platform are mandates and quotas. Uh, you know, I am a firm believer that we are going to hire the, the best people we can hire. What field does and what my commitment is, is it's our obligation from a central office to prime the pump and, and offer a supply of qualified candidates, worthy candidates, who otherwise are not going to get an opportunity or not know of an opportunity to participate in minor league baseball. Uh, so it's kind of a, if you can't get Muhammad to the mountain, we're trying to take the mountain to Muhammad and we're going to prime a pipeline and create a supply of people uh, that, that uh, candidates that our people and our clubs can look to for, to fill, uh, fill opportunity. Well, Pat, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time so much. Elmer, it's been a pleasure and good luck. And I appreciate you thinking of minor league baseball. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content for your favorite industries. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Have a good day.